Normally, the way that this works, Clay, is that we open this little segment. We have a little little segue. We have a little cold open where we talk about something that's going to happen in the upcoming episode, or we make a joke. And then we go into the opening theme music for the podcast. But I, uh, I respect people's time too much. Unlike this episode of Star Trek, I'm going to, I'm going to not play the opening credit music, Clay. What do you think about that? I'm going, to, I'm going to cut this down to about eight minutes worth of podcast to match the eight minutes worth of whatever the hell that was that I just watched in the Ask Not episode of this short Trek thing. Well, I respect that under the CBS Interna- Interactive Terms of Use, Article 4, Intellectual Property License, it says you are only permitted to access and view the content for personal, non-commercial purposes in accordance with these terms and may not build a business or other other enterprise utilizing any of the content, whether for profit or not. <laughs> well, Clay, according I'm to my gonna Patreon, I'm just going to do this the whole time. I'm going to do eight minutes of reading, the, uh, of reading the Interactive Terms of Use for CBS Interactive, because that's what we just watched, so... <laughs> We're going to. Uh, we will take a break, though. We're going to take a break and play. I, I need to. I need to show a clip of what this episode was, and then we'll come back and break it down. So here's a clip of Ask Not. I feel like I covered it pretty well, Jomenis. You did, but I, I want to hear Anson Mount do it just as well. We follow protocol. The star base and the Enterprise remain a united front. Regulation one nine one Article fourteen states that when in combat, command falls to the vessel with tactical superiority. That would be the Enterprise, not the Starbase. And the Admiral relieved you of duty. But you can enact the reserve activation clause. Yes, an officer in good standing may reinstate a discharged officer in cases of emergency. A loophole, not my style. Directive zero one zero says before engaging in battle, any and all attempts to achieve a non-military resolution must be made. Negotiate with the bastards using torpedoes on us. Tactical force is always the last resort, and vengeance should never be a factor. I am all for arguing principles, but that crew is in mortal danger, and they're running out of time. So is your husband. My husband knew what he signed up for when he joined Starfleet. So did I. Cadet, I am giving you a direct order to release me. And I am telling you no. Now sit down, sir, please. And I cite Regulation 208, Paragraph 2. I'm overriding the orders of your senior officers. Let me go. That regulation only applies to an active captain. Now sit down, sir. I won't forget this, cadet. When this is all done, you will never see the inside of a starship again. I've been talking about this one on social media. Uh, We're going to be talking about Ask Not, the short trek, the third short trek of the season, I believe. Yes, it is. It's the the third of the second series of these things. It's called Ask Not, written by Kalinda Vasquez, directed by Sanji Sanaka. When an attack on Starbase 28 leaves a surprise prisoner under Cadet Thera Sidhu's watch, she is faced with making a decision that may threaten her standing in Starfleet. Apparently, that's what happened in this episode, but I've never... um. You know, I've never thought that the the short treks were any sorts of great artistic statement or anything. There's always been bubbling in the back of my mind that this is just a way for the show to keep all access subscriptions going during a Mm -hmm. downtime in the Star Trek universe. This one, I find this episode like insulting to people (laughs) that they put something like this out and were like, yeah, you, you paid for this. This is good. Here you go. The only saving grace to this one is that it's eight minutes, basically, and it's over before you can kind of even realize what has happened it's to you. But so I, short. I thought this. I thought this was wretched. I thought this was a horrible, horrible thing to throw out there as some kind of content. When it's, I, I saw all these Twitter accounts in the Star Trek, like sycophants out there on Twitter. This, this episode annoyed me. Who are like, oh, this is such a wonderful use of continuity because they mention all these like terms of service things that have been mentioned in other Voyager episodes and Enterprise and stuff. Copy yeah. copying copying memory alpha stuff and inserting it into your script 
in this Cliff's Notes version of this is how you write a script is not good writing. This is not what you're supposed to this is not what you're supposed to do. This is not anything. This is just like garbage fan service that like people are going to eat up because it exists in a prior version of Star Trek. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, yes, pretty much. It uh it was directly in line with a lot of our other problems that Discovery has were in that it uh I actually didn't even realize the stuff that they were saying at, at the time because I, you know, I'm not as uh I wouldn't have steeped. picked up on it. I would not have picked yeah, up on well, it. Yeah. R- regardless, I didn't know that the stuff that they were saying was pre-existing code and all this kind of stuff. And before I knew that, I thought it was a really huge fucking waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> and like it just it was like it was the Star Trek uh, uh, before we get into the whether or not it's the before we get into how referential it is. Um ignoring that, it is the Starfleet code version of the problem that we have with all of the other dialogue that they do in scenes like this, where it becomes two people arguing over uh, uh, technical shit and the, there's no underlying tension or, or, or story or drama behind it other than people barking uh, contradictory theorems about what's going to, you know, how to handle X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And it's like, that's not what a story is generally no it's a, it's um, potentially spiced to a story but it is not a story in and of itself yeah and especially when something like this where i don't think the outcome was in doubt to anybody other than the fact that do they do this for every cadet that gets transferred to the enterprise no, no idea no idea i mean i saw it, from the opening moments you know that this is a kobayashi maru situation there's like yeah. no there's no attempt to hide what's going on it's so obvious and they've just they've done this a million times before. It's like I'm fine with doing it again, but they're just referencing the fact that they do this. Like there's nothing else to it. It's yeah. just like this is just we fake things to see how people's true character holds up. And the only thing I heard is that there was some rumors that this was going to be the lead into an offshoot Pike series. If that's the case, this is idiotic. Like, what? What is? What does that even do? It introduces a character, yeah. I suppose, into it. But there's, there's like nothing here. This story, this is an empty story. There's literally nothing in this story that adds up to anything or means anything about anyone. You didn't like the establishing shot of the uh, engine room that looks like one of those Intel inside commercials. <laughs> you follow the little cord with your glowing yeah. energy down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But going back, uh, if you bring in the the idea that what all this dialogue is is referential code that's been featured on other shows and whatnot. That almost makes it worse because it then it's well, I don't know, maybe it doesn't. That's the only only redeeming factor because that's the only uh, value any of this has. There's no value and, to that. There's no there's well, no value but, to but that hold on, whatsoever. Hold on. Yeah, it, it is the only value for for some people. If that wasn't the case, then this would be completely valueless. Sure, sure. clearly that has value for some people. However. It is in line with what they've been doing up to this point, which is grabbing a bunch of Star Trek shit that isn't like that's just kind of them winking at the camera and throwing it in there without actually having any real purpose for doing it. Other than the fact that they like you said, they they managed to go on memory alpha and pull up some details. Yes. It's, yeah, yeah it, it's just it was and like there wasn't even a twist. No, you, there, no you know, if, if if there had been a twist or something like after after 
you know, it turns out to be a holodeck program on a Klingon ship or something. I don't know. I would something. say I would say this is the only the only time where it was all a dream would have elevated the material. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I and I don't know. Um there's nothing to like talk about with this one. Like yeah, there, there's that, nothing to know. say about this. It's just 8 minutes of of Pike and this uh cadet yelling at each other. And I don't I like uh, the other thing is that I saw some reviews that were like the deliberately confusing narrative is meant to like mystify the viewer. It's like no, this is just Discovery's writing. This is just what they do. Yeah. This is this is the way that every Discovery episode has ever been written. The only difference is that when you cut down Discovery's pace and you make it an 8-minute episode, the amount of nonsense becomes obvious to you. It's just like it's pure nonsense streaming at you. And that's about it. I, I was just really let down by this. This is just such a like cynical approach to this kind of stuff. And if that has to deal with like the way that art or not art, but the way that like culture is consumed, that it's like now the brand is everything. You're seeing this with Star Wars, you're seeing it with Star Trek, but it's like mm-hmm. the brand is the only thing that matters. And the only thing that people care about the brand is references to the brand. There's nothing else yeah. that matters about this stuff. It's it's oddly not that not that it's, you know, the only content that i consume on a regular basis or anything but it's oddly similar to professional wrestling mm. in that um the difference the the difference between the wwe now and the wwe of like even 20 years ago like the the attitude era and stuff like that it was before they went public and they were before they were a publicly traded company so they could take more chances and they would do different things, and like the character, the characters were the ones who were pushed to the forefront. But now, since they are a publicly traded company, it's the brand first. That's the reason why they don't have any, you know, massive stars. You only get like one. John Cena has been the biggest star in the business for the pa- for the past twenty years. Right. The the brand uh, makes the talent instead of the talent making the brand. Yeah. yeah. And 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 also in a similar in a similar vein. Uh, the the thing that gets the biggest pop and gets the biggest ratings boom is when they bring back shit people know. So, you know, they haven't been able to make new stars. So every time they need a ratings boost, up here comes Stone Cold Steve Austin hobbling to the ring yeah, the and his two knee yeah. braces to swear at people for five minutes and everybody goes crazy. <laughs> uh, or they're still trotting out Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair, and both of them are in their 60s. Yeah, yeah. Only. And can Jeez, barely I, walk. I, I would say that Ric Flair looks like he's like 95 at this yeah, point. Yeah, Ric huh? Flair is... God love him, but Jesus Christ, he, he is, <laughs> he looks like uh, Mr. Zemo from, uh, or Mr., yeah, was that it, Mr. Zemo from the last episode of Deep Space Nine? Oh, what was um, that? <laughs> That's right. But yeah, uh, but yeah it's, it's there, there's that feeling that a lot of this stuff now is brand, brand first, and I think it's weird and kind of destructive uh when you have and i mean and it kind of breeds this tribalism that it's a it's a symptom and also a cause of some of the this tribalism that everybody is so in, ingrained in that when it becomes about the brand then you end up defending the brand yeah defending and disney or something yeah, yeah which is insane on yeah. some level that you're going to bat for these like billion dollar companies that are, are essentially doing stuff only to pander to you not to get on too much of a soapbox but i mean i love i love licensed brand name shit as much as the next person but i mean come on you can you can watch something and, and admit that it kind of sucks even if it's from the brand that you love you right know? yeah and i mean it's not a it's not a tangent in the soapbox because i think that this was the most overt episode that's done that it's just 
you know, the they other episodes even... you might have problems, but you you could say that you don't like the comedy of Trouble with Edward or something, but at least that felt like mm-hmm. it was trying something. Sure. It, it, it was going in a different direction. This is a stock idea, the Kobayashi Maru that they've done with Wesley Crusher and they've done 100 million times otherwise in Trek, combined with Discovery's rapid fire dialogue that is apparently just lawyer talk about like articles of confederation or whatever the hell they're talking yeah, about. I can go back. I can get back into the CBS user agreement if you want, which actually now that I, after I read that, the specific section that I read is really, um, uh, really doesn't paint what we do in a very positive light. No, <laughs> we cannot disseminate their, uh, I should have I should have picked a different version, a different you're, paragraph. You're like Trump shooting yourself ever, in the foot during yeah, this inquisition. If we ever yeah. get taken to court, uh, <laughs> I think I think it's clear that we know that we're doing something that we shouldn't be doing. He said it in the micro machine man's voice, and I could not understand what he was talking about. Yes, but you know, it's like it's not even like like I I was almost expecting that to end with them pulling back, breaking the fourth wall, and someone calling cut and being like, "That was a great screen test. You'll do really well on Discovery." Yes, you know? welcome to the or, new uh, welcome to the new Pike series. Yeah, yeah. Or like, why not do something different? Or like, try to make a point about something and start playing like have one of them start playing like gut versus regulation or something. So as there's one of them spouting all these regulations, the other one is like, "Well, you know." regulations don't always apply when there's you know a gun to your head you know that kind of right. shit you know sloan walks in and says the regulations don't matter here um <laughs> i also we don't need to spend too long on this because i don't think it matters but the plot here i don't think makes much sense whatsoever besides it being deliberately confusing if you want to look at it that way but is she on a holodeck or do they set up this space station to blow up she's Oh, she's. Is she, I thought she was on the Enterprise. No, she's on a space station, I think, and she beams to the Enterprise. Oh, and the then end. they beam. Yeah, apparently they just have a room on the space station that's like a danger room. Because <laughs> <laughs> my understanding, is she is on the sp- this star base that she's been assigned to, and the test to yeah. get onto the Enterprise is Pike coming over and doing this for her. Her husband is somehow involved because he's on another ship that is out there doing something, and. I get like yeah, she's in this danger room that's designed for this. It's apparently not a holodeck because she go, she goes into it willingly as if she's like doing a job or something. Yeah, it well, all, but it starts it starts with her getting blown up. Yes, yeah, with the rocks first everywhere, shot yeah. is yeah, the first shot is like the the control panel she's at exploding, and then all of a sudden she's in this room, and I I I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't understand exactly what how that setup is supposed to make any sense. Yeah, I don't know. And do they do this for every cadet? As you said, like, is this the way that you figure out who needs to serve with you or whatever the the hell is going on? I don't know. Do you have any? Like, we we don't need to go too long into this one because I think it's kind of garbage. Uh, but the animated ones are next. I'm actually more interested in the animated ones. But do, do you have any other things that you want to talk about for this one? No, not really. No, um, it's dumb. Am I out of line? Yeah. Am I too angry? Am I too fired up about this? I was annoyed I, while watching this. I just, I, yeah. I just couldn't believe it. I, I just kept watching it. It again, it reminded me. I know I've brought this up before. I've, I, it reminded me of that scene in the Christopher Guest movie for your consideration, where they show a clip from a cop show, and they're playing this really heavy uh, doom and gloom, intense music over two cops talking about paperwork. Yeah, yeah, and like whether or not they filled the paperwork out correctly. And that's exactly what this felt like. And there was no, like, am I supposed to, I it, this story operates on one of two things, two con, uh, pretenses, right? I guess either 
you believe that Pike is a is a bad guy, or you believe that this other section of the ship or something has has turned on him and they're the bad guy, right? Or the third version is, uh, I guess, three three concepts. You uh, you know from the get go that it's a test and. You're not going to, there's nothing, there's no reason to believe that Pike is a bad guy. Um, and there's really no tension there to imply that he, he is a bad guy. Yeah. Seems uh, unlikely the, the crew has gone mad and mutinous. Yeah. And even him. if they have, it's like they spend eight minutes in this room. So you get no explanation as to why that would have happened. Really. Right. Uh, and if they do give it to you, I don't even remember because they spoke so fast in between the ordinances they were reading off. And if it is a, if you, if, if. You, if they understand that you know from the get-go that this is a test, then they should send you, give you some sort of swerve after they show that it's a test. Right. Otherwise, it's just, yes, it is. This is what you think it is. Yeah. And it's like, eh, I don't know. What do we <laughs> What do we do? What are we doing? What are we doing here, guys? <laughs> I am looking forward to the animated ones. They look kind of unique. One is CGI, actually, and the other one is uh, more traditional animation, which looks kind of interesting. Um, I think... I think I I know what you mean, but I, I I think they're both CGI. Just they're different types of CGI. Sure, one 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 is more reminiscent of yeah. hand drawn yeah. animation, uh, splitting hairs. Yeah, um, I think that's that's kind of it for Ask Not. I suppose I don't really have much else to say about this one. We'll see if it turns into a What do you think this was like to shoot? Like, what do you think the actors in this this thing were thinking? Uh, like, you know, like how do you? <laughs> Because it, it, it kind of feels like, especially you know, not not to not to jump shows here, but uh, the next the Black Mirror episode we're going to be talking about, I feel like is uh, this kind of concept done really really well in that you've got two people talking about fairly mundane shit, but you're getting so much out of it and so much conflict out of it that it's undeniably good. Yeah. Whereas this, it's like the, the it's just people shouting. Po- you know policy at each other yeah no i if if this show wants to learn anything go watch black mirror because they understand how to build a short universe in a limited amount of time that feels like yeah. it makes sense and everything and yeah. these these just don't it's just I'm, I'm just so cynical about these things at this point and it's like well, we'll we'll get a good sense i think of the picard series when they do their picard short at the end of this and you'll be like well this is what it is or this is what it isn't it's like I don't know. It's just so you you wait around a month for this thing, and it comes up. Not like I'm waiting around a month, but you pay for a month of all access. You pay them ten dollars, and this is the thing that comes up. And it's like, did you did the writer get drunk? You know, stay up all night, gets up the day that this thing is due. Is like, oh shit! Just scrolls to memory alpha, copy paste some stuff into it, and is like, here's my story. And everyone goes, great. This looks great. So let's let's shoot this. And- See, I I think I think it is more. I I don't know if I would go that far, but I feel like the the writers and the producers of this thought that fans were going to love this because I I think the idea was there's all of these Starfleet regulations that always get spit out. What if we combine? What if we set up a scenario in which all of them are are used at the same time, and we can really get into. Uh, all, all of the things that have popped up, and it'll be a nice little Easter egg for all the fans. Fine, sure, but like that can't be your whole story. Yeah, 
And if it is, I don't know what to tell you. I don't. My brain shuts off at the regulation stuff. I couldn't tell you what they were arguing about. No, I've got no fucking clue what they were talking about. It, it was basically I. The only thing, the only thing that I pulled out of it was that uh, uh, it was it was an argument over whether or not Pike's command uh, supersedes yeah, the still orders matters. that she was given. Yeah, and yeah. they said like five different ways that it does not because he is no longer in command. <laughs> <laughs> The worst case of law- our lawyers in the audience will enjoy this one, I suppose, for the uh, the subtle subtle breakdown of nuance of, of regulation. Oh boy, let's. Uh, I let's mean, ra- Pike is still great, though. He yeah, he's pretty Pike. he's pretty good. Um, Direction didn't do a lot of favors for either of them, I don't think. In this one, it's tough acting in just a circle room as you're trying to like walk around each other or whatever. But mm-hmm. let's call it there. That's ask not. It's the third episode of the second series of uh, Short Treks for Discovery. Not now, a great okay, episode. Let me ask you a question. Before we, before we jump out of it, let me ask you a question. Would you find this any better or worse if this episode was in the middle of a, maybe like a longer, a full episode of Discovery or even like a two-part episode of Discovery where Pike actually is uh, booted from command or whatever, whatever they're, they're positing as a setup for this. Would you find this any better or worse if this was like a scene inside of an, a, a fuller episode of Discovery? It would be just as awkward, but at least it would have framework for some kind of story going on. Yeah. Like the, the regulation ha- ha- hassle or haggling doesn't make for good narrative drive or right, good drama, right. but it, at least you have the, at least in that case, you have stakes of Pike is actually in trouble there mm-hmm. and he needs mm-hmm. to do something. But oh, let's, yeah. let's end this with, um, uh, I saw on Twitter. It's more interesting than this, actually. Is that there's a Twitter uh, tweet that was about um, what would you do? What would be your dream setup for a short trek? And mm-hmm. I don't know if you have one, but I think mine would be. I would do something with the best of both worlds sequence. I know that we've seen it in Emissary where Cisco, uh, the Saratoga is destroyed, and he has to he loses his wife, and he has to escape. We, so we know that attack from a like very personal view of what it's like to be on the ship. I was thinking. You could probably do something where it starts with the fleet is assembled and the cube appears and comes at them. And you Mm -hmm. can either do something with the ships getting ready before the fight, if you don't want to actually show the fight, or show that there was some aspect of Wolf 359 that's like a a little narrative beat within the battle that happened Mm -hmm. that would kind of Mm -hmm. be interesting. I think something like that would be neat to do as a short track in my dream scenario. I don't know if you have anything or if you just want to feed off of that as to what you would do. Yeah, I think that would be pretty cool. Um yeah, because Wolf three five nine is not is not really explored other than just yeah they, they don't the even other. show they show a little bit of that in emissary but in TNG they showed yeah. they showed nothing of it emissary you see a little bit of the battle yeah yeah and I mean you get the stuff with Cisco and his wife and all that kind of stuff but yeah I think I think it would be it would be interesting to kind of that would feel to me kind of like yeah I think I I, I feel like we talked about this when they first started doing these short treks. Um, up leading up to the Doctor Who 50th anniversary they were doing like shorts and stuff and one of one of one of which was one that uh uh tied up a continuity problem which was um the last televised doctor uh regenerating into the 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 doctor after that which was never seen on TV and so they did like a little story where that happened it was really cool and it was really satisfying i think that the wolf 359 thing is one of those little beats where it's like, yeah, it would be cool. It's such a big deal in 
Star Trek, especially TNG and Deep Space Nine, that it would be cool to get in and see a little sliver of what that actually was about and what it was actually like and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would it, to kind of. I don't know if this is like a dream one, but the the thing that pops uh, that pops into my head would be something like seeing what happens when the Enterprise C ends goes back into the past. Sure. With uh, Tasha and everybody else on 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 uh, on the ship, yeah. How the whether ship or not is lost, I don't know if that's yeah. them. I don't know if that's them showing up and immediately getting destroyed. I don't know. But <laughs> well, they have to get Tasha off somehow, so they have to that's last true. for Tasha a little bit. Tasha has to Tasha has to get off the ship so she can uh, go to a planet and get raped by a bunch of Romulans. Yes, and then give birth her, and then die while trying to escape to freedom. Yeah, is she the most? Not that I want to talk about. I mean, I do want to talk about Tasha, but is she the most like? Wasted isn't the word, but is she is she given the most horrible existence of all Star Trek characters? She's probably up there. Yeah, she's, pr- she's she has to be. Yeah. She comes from like Rape Planet, and then she gets to uh, or the planet with the Rape Gangs, whatever they are. Uh, she escapes that, manages to get to to Starfleet, and then gets killed by a muck monster, <laughs> and then gets brought back, only to be set in to sent back into the past with apparently a great you know honorable end, only to then again. Have her ship destroyed, her a new, you know, boyfriend killed, uh, and then sent to a planet where she is then further sexually assaulted, and then dies trying horribly. to escape. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she doesn't catch any breaks. Really, a truly tragic, tragic character. No, she's she's definitely got to be up there. Let's uh, call and everybody it loves her sister more than her. Yeah. Which is just you know salt in the wound. There, Re- revealing clothing will do that, I suppose. Let's call it a day there. Ask not. Is the episode we just talked about. We'll be back with the next two animated short treks. And uh, then Picard series will be starting up after that shortly. There is a Picard short track that comes up last. But otherwise, DS9 is wrapping up. Uh, All the other shows are continuing as usual. If you enjoyed the content, patreon.com slash the Penske file is the best way to support us. Otherwise, all the social links are down below. Click on those if you want. Leave us your thoughts about what you thought about Ask Not. And I guess that's it. Clay, do you have anything you want to say? I was going to say I don't know uh, I don't know if you if you watch Twin Peaks or watch the uh, Twin Peaks the Return but there uh it's um very long-winded in a lot of places like David Lynch really makes you work for it and there's one scene where it is literally 8 minutes of a guy sweeping the floor mm-hmm. Would it? you be okay, would you be okay if the Picard short trek was literally 15 minutes no dialogue of him just trimming grape leaves is there a story in the Lynchian scene, or is it nothing? No, it's, it ends. It ends with him get the guy getting a phone call, and then the the, the scene ends. Huh? Yeah, I, I would not be down for that. I'd be down for if you could write a story around the scenes of Picard clipping the grapes. I'd be fine with that. If you if you reveal his entire mentality of what's been going on for the past twenty years in that scene mm-hmm. without dialogue, uh, I would be down for that. But I don't know if this writing group is up up to that challenge i suppose <laughs> we'll see i'm not going to prejudge picard we'll see how it comes out but i am going to judge ask not not a good episode guys thank you very much for listening we'll see you later